0: The life of an entrepreneur is like a roller coaster. Honest CEO. I'm your host, Giselle Littrell, and I am excited to have a friend and guest here again today. Maybe just all of the business owners in Erie are actually my friends, uh, which I thoroughly enjoy. Uh, We have known each other possibly for six or seven years now, and I know this woman has been a mover and a shaker in our town. Uh, Right alongside me, we have seen each other grow and develop businesses, and so I am super excited to welcome Rebecca Stein with me today. You. So I'm super excited welcome. to be here. Yeah. So first off, Rebecca, I don't think I even know your entire background story because usually we get together and talk about business. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's not even like, to, so. who were you when you were growing up? <laughs> like right. We don't even cover that. We're just like, what are you dealing with employee issues this week? You yeah. know? So I want you to kind of give our listeners a little bit of a background story, who you are, where you've come from and uh, what's inspired you.
1: Yeah. So my background is really very broad. I mean, it's been a journey and I've been trying to figure it out along the way. Right. So I started actually um, undergrad with music. I was going to be a performance oh, wow. major. Yeah. I was going to be a vet.
0: Oh, perfect. <laughs> right. We're all following our dreams, apparently.
1: (laughs) And then, like, two years into this, I was like, I can't sit in a a studio all day and practice the piano eight hours alone. But I had to finish the degree. So I finished the degree, and I was like, I'm going to run a symphony orchestra. I'm going to be a leader, (laughs) right? And that was, like, my first foray into knowing I wanted to be in some leadership role. And it didn't really—it never happens that way. So (laughs) I had several jobs, you know, two steps forward, one step backward over the course of my career. And then— I got in more into the entrepreneurial arena when I was working for, for Pat Black actually, and he wanted to launch a nonprofit called, uh, the Idea Fund. So we called it the Idea Fund and I, and I ran it, but it was a entrepreneurial nonprofit that supported early stage entrepreneurs with a focus on women minority veterans. So that was like really interesting to me. But over that time, I had run for office a couple of times and really was invested in my community. I know. I voted for her, oh, by the way. You. So. Thank <laughs> you. And my husband ran for office. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. I voted for him. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. And I'll never run for office and, again. And neither of them
0: got in, unfortunately, <laughs> yeah, to the yeah. detriment of our city, I'm sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: um. So after that, it was actually when I was working for him that I had lost my last election sort of thing. And Rob had lost. And I had thought— you know, I kind of want to put my money where my mouth was because when we were running, I was like, I want to see investment in the downtown. So we decided, you know, capitalizing on the things that I had done throughout the course of my life. I had been in hospitality. I had done a ton of event planning. You know, I was in in sales and all that type of stuff. And I was like, okay, I know I can probably figure out how to open. My initial thought was to open like a a private club for for professionals to go to. And then You know, your ideas never really work out the way you originally want them to. Ever. Yeah. And they end up evolving. So it ended up being a a bar and restaurant, but I didn't want it to be a typical bar and restaurant. Like, I wanted Erie to have something slightly different. So we went the speakeasy route. Um, just to have which something.
0: I love the whole I, bookcase opens thing and you walk in it's so cool it is really such a cool, cool vibe
1: and that was Rob's part my husband Um, like he literally we you have, wouldn't
0: guess it if you met this guy either
1: yeah he we have <laughs>
0: thousands of first edition books in our home they are everywhere exactly. they're everywhere like I need a library he's like he's that typical kind of like nerdy little guy that's he's so smart and technical like you would not guess yeah he was going to be he's like a big
1: historian like the into speakeasy. all this stuff speak <laughs> <Yes. laughs> like yeah. mogul it's so cool <laughs> speak easy mogul he is in yeah, Erie right. he's a mogul that's right <laughs> yeah um, so yeah that's kind of what you know catapulted me into that arena was just kind of saying hey I've been out there talking about our community let's get investment and so I love that
0: down. thanks I love that putting your money where your mouth is yeah and that's what I feel like I've done um, too because I get frustrated when people tell me what they think and I know you've heard this, what they think I should do with my business. Oh, yes. You know, they come in yes. and they're like, you should do this and you should you should be a part of the community like this. And I'm like, you should do something. What do you do? Right, right. I'm already doing something. I'm doing something within my capacity, my skill set, my comfort level. Like, I'm doing something. Yeah. So y'all go out there and put your money where your mouth is. Yeah, you yeah know?
1: everybody wants something different, but no, like a lot of people won't actually go out and do it. Right? So
0: yeah. So if you don't want to put your money there, don't put your mouth there either.
1: <laughs> There's well, a I think that's a long time coming. <laughs> I, don't see, I don't think we're going to see that in a, for a while. For a while. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Um, so really. What, what was that kind of aha moment that said, I can go, and I know you did both, you were working a job and running this business. Um, So, and you're, you're transitioning into full just business ownership, entrepreneurship. I know you have like greater goals and stuff um, that we're going to get to, but what was kind of that aha, like you, you, the catalyst that said, I'm going to jump into this. And now you, you've come out of actually working a full-time job. Because there's something has evolved, something something has changed. I know what that is, but I want you to tell the listeners what that is. So, uh, so about the the grant that you received and the business development that oh, yeah, you're yeah, yeah. you're continuing to do.
1: That well, the aha moment originally was. I ultimately knew I wanted to work for myself. Like it's just one of those things that you know. You know, And not everybody is molded this way, but there were a lot of things I wanted to do throughout the course of my career that I felt stunted by that I couldn't do. And I'm like, you know what? I'd rather just take all ownership of it, right? Like the good, the bad, the ugly. Yeah. And at the end of the day— Because you're not afraid of the bad and the ugly. Right. You know? Right. <laughs> right. We don't like it, but, right. but we take it. Yeah. Uh. So then uh, when—but I knew I also didn't want to just own a restaurant also. So I'm yeah. like, what, how else can I avoid it? Same. I don't want to just own a coffee shop. Right. Yeah. Right. And I, um, during, it was actually pre-pandemic. This was such a silly idea. I went to the team and I was like, hey guys, let's, come up with a confectionery company that creates cock- the candies that cr- are cocktails like they mimic cocktails from the prohibition era because I had seen I don't know if you are familiar with the company Sugarfina they had come up with these little gummy bears that were like champagne bears and all these other different I've heard alcohols. of those yeah they're really really good and they're really cute and it's very nichey and but they were at like Nordstrom and all these high-end things and I was like maybe this is something I can do on the side and you know, I bought—I literally bought everything to make gummy candy like, We did this several times at the bar, and I had—we had them served with our cocktails. And I'm like, "What am I doing? Like, this is cute, but no. it's not making any extra right. money." Right? No, day. no. And that's what matters. So. Yeah. But what was funny is I had actually um filed an LLC called Blind Tiger back in that year in 2018. Okay, because that was going to be the they were going to be prohibition bears by Blind Tiger Confections. Ah. So anyways, that died. And um <laughs> COVID happened, right? Yeah. And during COVID, as you well know, um you were not allowed to sell alcohol in the state of Pennsylvania right. um to go. So Right. We had to—and our bar was known for our cocktails. At the time, We 90% of our sales were bar sales. Oh, when, yeah. When they're
0: extremely unique cocktails. Like, I've never seen anything else in oh, Erie, thanks. how you guys—and I'm all about crafted. I love my crafted coffee. Yes. I love crafted cocktails. Thank you. So that's our team's the amazing. number one thing I love what? about your place.
1: I don't know what I would have done without Lizzie and Sean. I mean, they've been there from the onset, and they've been remarkable. So. You're blessed yes. to have long-term Very much. employees. Yes, yes. <laughs> It doesn't happen all the time, people. (laughs) No, 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 it doesn't. Uh, So during that time, uh, we started bottling non-alcoholic versions of them, which could have been a mixer or could have been alone. And I went back, you know, just, you know, off the top of my head. I was like, you know what, maybe we can bottle these and sell them. Like, I don't really know what's what flips that switch but it's like one day you just wake up and you're like the idea you have you've had like two years ago all of a sudden now seems like an idea that could actually work yeah um so it you know it evolved and i went to lizzie and i said lizzie what if we did the same thing we were talking about we come up with classic prohibition drinks and you come up with the recipes that we can do so we can you know at the time she was bottling them herself and or, or ourselves and she would Uh, They would last for like seven to 10 days. And I'm like, you know, there's got to be a better way to do this. And then I just started reaching out to everybody that I knew in the arena, which wasn't many people at that time. Right. <laughs> but, like, forcing myself onto others. And and then I found a beverage engineer, and I took those recipes to her, and she was able to take them and make them, like, shelf-stable. But then the whole process then begins, right? And you had to
0: learn. You have to learn everything. Crazy right,
1: right. Including yeah. the fact that, like... There's literally a science in everything. There's a science in everything. And then this particular one, our, the way she created our beverage. It's a hot fill quick pasteurization process, right? You'd think any co-packer in the world, if you've ever bottled anything in your life, oh, they can do that. right? No. No. Like, the wineries and everything that bottle their own stuff, not the same type of fill. Like, I had people be like... Why don't you talk to so-and-so or so-and-so? Yeah, there's a bottle with liquid inside of it. Right, right. Yeah, (laughs) it's not the same. And then every co-packer out there wants minimums of like
0: five to 10,000 gallons before you're even out of the gate,
1: before you had commitments.
0: So you're like, yeah, let me take this product that is unknown, never heard of before, and let me just buy 10,000 gallons of that. Let
1: me invest (laughs) $30,000 into a product that may or may not get on the shelves. And then I'd locked out. Serendipitously, which I think most of us have these yes. things in our lives. There's that you know? that
0: opportunity moment.
1: Yeah, and I had a, a colleague of mine reach out and say, "Hey, I know this guy in Cleveland. Why don't I connect you to?" And then he ended up having a company that could do the exact fill that I needed them to do, and the in the same bottle that I wanted it to produce in, and at a very low minimum. So it took some time to get there, but you know it it's it's still. Taking a lot of time to get there, but it's still it's going.
0: So, and I know you got the Ben Franklin Grant, which was a huge help. And
1: to be honest, I don't know that I could have launched it without without those funds, right? Like when I opened my bar, I took you take out a loan, right? You put some money and you take out a loan, and I didn't want to do that this time. At least at the onset, I'm like, I don't want to take out another loan to do this product. And on a a whim, I'm like, I didn't even think it would be a good fit, but it just, with the manufacturing component, and I think the ultimate end goal, you know, which is to have it produced here, it ended up being something that fit really, really well. And. That was a blessing. I mean, it helped me do. It helped us get our labels. It helped us get us our first batch of product. It helped us get our build our website so we could sell them online. Like things I wouldn't have been able to do in right. such a short time. Right.
0: Yeah. Like yeah. taking a three-year process and making a six-month right. process right. instead. Right. And that was awesome. And for as much as Rebecca's done for this city, like I, you definitely deserve it. It's worth right. it. And I hope it's going to boom. So that definitely brings me to the next question: uh, Where do you envision this part of the company? Where do you envision? the bar, is the bar just simply a platform to grow the the blind tiger side of it? Like, uh, where do you see this going? Or even just your entrepreneurial path? Um, What do you kind of envision for the future? Like whatever yeah. the, the next year, the next 10 years, like, what do you think is kind of the trajectory for, for your, where you're headed? So I tend to think big, right? So I just, you know, when this was at
1: the onset of this, I go, Rob, I don't, and I want this for you. I want Erie to be the home base and I want people to know it because Erie, right? Right. But I want it out of Erie. Like I want people. So I hired some consultants that have been in the industry, in the liquor industry for a million years, and they work with retail and distributors all over the country. So they are getting me into the distribution retail network in other areas. Like as of today, I have a commitment with probably about 16 counties in Southwest Pennsylvania, but I have potential commitments from New Jersey and Delaware and everything. So what they'll do is then go out and and take the product and sell it to bars and restaurants. Okay. Because one of the things that I think is nice about this particular product, whether it's non-alcoholic or as a mixer, it's, Ready to drink, right? So it eliminates the prep work and everything else that's tied to it. So right. to a bar that doesn't typically make those cocktails, but maybe wants right. to offer them, um, there's still really good margins. There's still, and it's an opportunity to get people to have a, a unique drink that.
0: They As might someone not. who had a micro bar for a while in yeah. our coffee shop, I could see like that would have been super helpful for me because having to maintain all of these ingredients and they only last so long, right? And health department rules and stuff like that. It was. It was. Financially exhausting and time exhausting and getting the supplies and me kind of being the only one running everything in the show. um, It was very difficult for me. Uh, So I think if I had had something like that, it would have been it would have totally changed the dynamic for what I was trying to operate because it was I I wanted craft cocktail. I wanted like seven ingredients in this thing, but to maintain seven ingredients on my bar was very difficult. So I definitely see the niche having, you know, personal experience in that. I think that's a phenomenal idea. So is this something that you think you'll be able to distribute? Like we in Pennsylvania, I don't know how every state is, but um, I know we're kind of strict on liquor and stuff, but since this is Mm non-alcoholic, will this be in liquor stores? Because I know our liquor store carries non-alcoholic mixers. Is this something that you can carry in grocery stores? Is that where you want to go?
1: Yeah, I really would like ideally I'd like to be in retail, so I'd love to be in the Wegmans and the Whole Foods and nice. places like that. Yeah, uh, Whole Foods Co-op here has it now and then Country Fair just committed so they they have five That's locations. Awesome. They just start carrying it in.
0: Country um, Fair is like our local, you know, shell station that they're, they're all yeah, over the place around here. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So
1: it's getting it you know, and then like um, the casino committed to putting it on their menu. The Sheraton oh, has it on their menu. So it's both from a, you know, a bar and restaurant standpoint, both an on and off shelf sort of idea right like that's that's my hope is to get it out there but ultimately bring it back here and manufacture the product here and maybe create an opportunity for other people who want to do something similar or get into that arena you know so that there's opportunity here for them to build it
0: that's amazing i love that so are you already bottling like manufacturing in erie we're manufacturing in Cleveland okay. because they we don't have the
1: capability of doing it to here. Do it there here isn't yet. anybody here that can do this yet. particular process. Yes. Right, right. <laughs> we do have a couple of really great bottlers and uh, great companies. It's just, it's funny. It's like they either don't do the bottle size I wanted or the hot fill process that right. I wanted. Like so, it's just and it's a, it's a game. Like it's learning all aspects. Yeah. All yeah. Along.
0: Well, Cleveland's not too far. They're our neighbor. No. So that yes. is still maintaining a really local feel for us. Uh, we play it. We're strategically located between three major metropolitan areas. We got Buffalo, Pittsburgh, Cleveland. And so we're this little hub of a um, Modge Podge of these cities. Yes. Cause people really do, when they kind of want to get out of that major city feel, they come to Erie because then they're still right. really connected to their families and other major metropolitan features that we don't necessarily have an e- eerie, you know, yet again. Yeah. Um, but I honestly, I don't know that I ever want a skyscraper. Like, no, I love our little yeah. non skyscraper city. Yeah. <laughs> so I think you could
1: it's, go an hour and a half to
0: find one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's a short trip to to go and have that experience. Um. So through this whole process, uh, you know, I mean, not just the beverage process, but going from corporate to business ownership. And how long have you been running um, Room 33? Uh, A little over three years. I was going to say, you're you're kind of past that three-year marker. And our goal here is to help out listeners with the first three years of entrepreneurship and what, what it takes to get into it, what they can expect in those first three years. So if you could take an objective standpoint and look at The process that you've gone from an employee to now an entrepreneur, an employer, what are some of the major obstacles, uh, but the greatest observations that you've made, some of the positive ones, some of the negative ones? um, And if you did have some major obstacles, how did you overcome those? Sure.
1: So prior um, prior to my journey into entrepreneurship, one of the things that I knew I wanted to take with me. Um, was People don't leave jobs; they leave leaders, right? Like, or they leave employers. I think, for the most part, I love that. So, I think it was imperative to me that whatever I did moving forward, if I had a team with me, I wanted to take care of the team. So, even during times of COVID, like we did more than like we paid our team more, even though we had less going out there at that point. Like any little thing that we could do, and although I was still dedicated to another job, I tried to do as much as we could do to take care of them because that's the most important, you know, asset to me when I. I opened a restaurant. I didn't know anything about you know kitchens or you know, like any any of the technical. And especially, things. you've had
0: like really great employees. It's yeah. very very difficult to replace those people. So yeah. I can understand if you already had an amazing team in place, you don't want. To get rid of that. Right, um, right. or lose them to another place or whatever. So that right. was a really strategic move, even though it might have been financially hard at that time.
1: Yeah, and just, I mean, so that was like one of the things that I would tell anybody is make sure you surround yourself with the right people. As you know, and we all we all have hires that don't end up working out or whatever. Right. But at least at the onset, you want to be able to trust the person you're working with, and because you don't know what you don't know. Like any entrepreneur is still getting in beyond what they're the scope of what they're what they're aware. And level, You were already an
0: entrepreneur. You started bottling up your beverages and now it's a whole arena of stuff you had to learn. It is constantly a learning experience. It's constantly a learning experience.
1: And just to be open to that. And then there was so many failures along the way. There still are so many failures like and there's a lot of frustration. And when you're an entrepreneur, you're very alone in the process. Like I, you know, you don't have that team that's kind of build you up. Like when you're first starting the product, yep. right? They're, they aren't there on, you know, the 24-hour days that you're li- it's living in your brain. Yes. So you you really have to be able to be malleable and move with things as they happen. And just know that all the bad stuff that comes with it doesn't mean it's not supposed to work. Right.
0: And that's it. you—I love—I Um, I recently, having talked with Tiffany Colazzo, <laughs> during the show, I came up with the idea of failing up. I was like, it's oh, okay yeah. to F up. Yeah. You know, fail, fail up. up. And great. then you keep— Trying, you know, and you find the next path, the next way, whatever, the next person that comes along until you are able to make another step forward. So it's okay that you took a couple steps back every now and then. You kept making a step forward at some point. And then eventually those steps become greater, yeah, right? Yeah, and you stop taking yeah. as many back. Right, Not right. that you won't ever take more back, but right. you keep making more steps forward, yeah. you know, as you continue on going. Yes. So maybe some of the most positive observations that you had through that experience, what would you say they were?
1: I mean, there are people out there who want to see you succeed.
0: I mean, and I think that's,
1: and there are people that you don't typically that you don't typically think of. Right. Like Agree. as you're part of your journey, people come out of the woodwork and you're like, wow. And that's what kind of keeps you going, I think, sometimes because you're like, OK, well, this person who has no like had no direct impact in my life is like wants didn't to know you... you
0: existed or knew that I existed. Right. Right. Yeah.
1: So and you do it for those reasons. And so. And just the support—I mean, family support is critical too. Like that was very positive experience for me along the way. But honestly, like everything that I've learned has been a positive experience for me. So, like even if I didn't want to learn it, right, right,
0: it's been—it's even good knowledge. if it was hard, and in the moment I cried myself right. to sleep, right. yeah. <laughs> it was still a positive learning experience. Yeah, I feel the exact same way. Um, and that's—you know—I always say this is a roller coaster ride. Yeah. You know, your emotions are up and down, and up and down. And so it's really good to have a support system. You know, I'm thankful I have a really good familial support system as well. Um, So if you don't have friends or co-entrepreneurs or something, you know, that you can lean on. And um, you're so well networked in this town. And I think a lot of people confuse being networked with being supported. They're very different things. They are. And I'm sure you experienced this when you opened Room 33. I thought that network was suddenly going to be super supportive of my business. I experienced kind of was that it. when I ran for
1: office. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That was my first foray into realizing your network of people aren't necessarily your supporters of people. Yes. Yeah. So I had at least a, an understanding of that when I when I opened. And honestly, I felt that it... Pe- I felt that it was going to be very critical and hard in the first year because that's kind of like for as many people that want to see you succeed, there are as many that want to see you
0: fail. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Secretly. They don't necessarily come out and say that. But yeah, in the back of their mind, they're like, uh, I think it's more born out of jealousy. Like, you know, for their own life, they're afraid to take that step or they just don't want to see someone else go where they couldn't go, you know, and um, I think it's more of an internalization process. I mean, some people voice it, but for the most part, I think it's an internalization, you know, that people have where they might not even know why, right? but, right, and a, a lot of the eerie, um, you know, historical, the vibe I want to say, I don't, I don't even want to say the mindset, but the vibe of the city was just really downgrading, you know, yeah. on what we can build, what we can offer. And I know the two of us have really tried to push forward the positive of everything that the city has to offer and what it can be and how we can grow. And um, we've, we've networked in, you know, the same groups and stuff like that for years. So there's a really hardcore of people who see the vision for what Erie can become. Yep. And um, I, I want to kind of dive into your brain a little bit and say, if you could think of like the one thing, one or two things that you wish you had known In taking that leap from being an employee to being an entrepreneur, if there's something that you could have known, what do you think that would have been for you? You know, that's a good question. I think one of the things
1: that we all, I think entrepreneurs generally do is take things in stride, right? So I knew there was a lot of things I didn't know. Um, I guess knowing that it doesn't have to be perfect when you first launch anything is is probably really imperative because like a lot of people want to wait until it's absolutely perfect before they get something out there. Well, you don't have to do that when you want to get when you want to
0: start. And I something. feel like you're a preparer. You're the yes. kind of person who really does Have their shit in order, you know what I mean. Before you, well then I I do a really good job (laughs) publicly. (laughs) That's the persona I give for you and your husband as well. Like I, I've worked with Rebecca and my different businesses and stuff, and so I, I feel like you're the more relaxed one out of the two of you. But um, that you guys really kind of go into things strategically, you know, and not quite on a whim, right? So I love that you actually bring that up as as a point. Like it didn't have to be perfect. Yeah, it shouldn't be perfect. It
1: doesn't need to be perfect, right? And that's really hard because. When we first opened, there was so much more I wanted to do in the restaurant and I would walk in there every day and I'm like, oh, there's like, yeah, it would frustrate me. But people didn't really take that into account. Like they don't see the same thing. They don't see your
0: vision. Right. right. They just see what's created. Right. They don't have an expectation of the future vision or how the bigger vision should have been. Yes. I'm in the same boat with the cafe. I'm still remodeling. And I'm like, if I remodel this place one more time, I'm going to oh, lose my No, life. your place is darling. <laughs>
1: Out of the gate, it was darling. So
0: Right. And that's yeah. your perspective. But yeah. I was just like, there is 500 things I haven't done. Yeah. And yeah. I, I already knew we'd have to adjust, but what I had available and the resources I had at this time, this is how I can start. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so we're still in, in the process of growing and redesigning and stuff like that as we've grown. And I think you'll probably be in that position as well as you keep growing. And, and yes. I, well, even the, so she had a cigar area. Yeah. Uh, that was a part of the original intention. Yeah. And due to unexpected circumstances, you had to get rid of that and yes. pivot. The actual design and an idea of the business as well. Yeah. And
1: for as many people that wanted that, there are equally as many people that didn't. So it's just, I, you know, you can't I think it's just being OK with the fact that you can't know everything going into everything like. Right. You know, you look back and you say, oh, I wish I would have known this or whatever. Instead of that, just know that you, you don't know what you don't know. And it's OK.
0: And that you're open and willing to continue learning. Yes. And to learn, even from those people that you're saying, you know, you didn't expect to come out of the woodwork, they'll kind of see you and say, hey, I want to help you and support you. Yeah. Because, and I've had lots of people do that for me. They're like, you probably don't know me or the experiences, but I do have some wisdom to share for you. And I love when people come out, like, and you just have to be very open and willing um, because sometimes it's not easy to hear. And, but a lot of those, as long as you know you'll your gut will know that it's a well-intentioned person, um, that you can you can take that advice and probably avoid some kind of pitfall, obstacle, or sure, whatever. Sure. Um, or maybe get through one a little bit easier. Cause sometimes that's when they, they show up is when you're actually going through the problem yeah, <laughs> and you're <right>. like, crap. <laughs> <laughs> and someone's like, well, You should have done this, but now that you're in it, right? You can probably get out of it, you know, as best as possible this way. Right. Um so If uh, somebody listening is just starting to decide that they want to become an entrepreneur and or maybe they've just started and they're in their first year, we want to make sure that these people have tools for success. And there's there's so much to know. And, you know, hopefully a lot of these podcasts will cover a lot of that. But if you could identify something, you sat down with one-on-one with somebody and they said, I want to do this, I want to be an entrepreneur, what's the one piece of advice that you would give them uh, to be as successful as they could be?
1: I mean, I really tell them to do their research and do their homework. So. A lot of times entrepreneurs will come to me or you or whatever and they won't have even looked up anything that they want to – what they want to start doing. Yes. Like there's very basic things. Make sure if you're going to seek out mentorship or um, like a colleague or something, go to them with at least enough knowledge to show that you're actually actively pursuing are interested in what you're actually going to pursue. Because I see that there's a lot of people that don't do that. But when a simple Google search would have right. answered a lot of those right. things. And then, um, you know, the financial element for things were was probably one of my weakest spots, right? And I didn't realize, like, I, the SBDC was really great in the process. I was going to ask both. if they actually, helped you out with that at all. Oh, gosh. With the restaurant and with um, Blind Tiger. and. You know, in your head, you're like, how do you figure out these projections, right? How do I know how much I'm actually going to make in a year or <laughs> right. whatever, right? Exactly. But there's a method to the madness, and yeah. and they are really, really good. So, I mean, and they were, they were free to work with. And so I would highly recommend them or wherever, you know, you're—
0: A local resource, that- like— the small business development center right every city has one or if you're in a small town go to the nearest city that has some support and there is definitely always online support for those things yes
1: yeah but I definitely say you know find one person that can at least stick by you throughout the process and the financial element of things like those are the two key components everything else can be learned I mean and in some people the financial thing may come easy to them
0: but you know for me for for somebody who's never been in that industry most entrepreneurs that's not the Easy right, part. Right. Um, I had in my first podcast been talking about financing and um, finding alternate sources of financing. And even like you got the grants and yeah. even for the tipsy bean, I received grants. Um, pandemic wasn't a terrible thing for me. I mean, I think the restaurant industry received support that it's never received before. Absolutely. And yeah. so if you were positioned in, in the right way to take advantage of that, even still the, the SBA is still giving out money for new starts. So I think uh, uh, now is a great time to consider starting a business yeah. as well because there are funds available that weren't historically available for startups. That was mm-hmm. the hardest thing was finding grant yes. funding And because you would just think, oh, I'm a female entrepreneur. There's a grant for me. There are. Right. They're few and far between and they're really hard to get because the market is saturated with everyone applying for them. Right. right. So and, you know, speaking from experience. I've applied for all of them a hundred times, right? Yeah. <laughs> so um, it this is actually kind of a, a great time to consider yeah. starting a business. I mean,
1: Blind Tiger evolved during the pandemic.
0: During a pandemic. So, I know, yeah, that's why I love yeah. talking to these entrepreneurs yeah. that are like starting something during a pandemic. Yeah. Like what a time to think about creating or recreating or rethinking your business when
1: our economy is down yeah Yeah,
0: right yeah so uh you know when's the right time now now's the right time there is no right or wrong time there's just a time that you get started going into that and i agree people just don't they don't do their research And, and, you know, I was just telling you before we started recording, I'm like, you know, I give people a half hour and they come to me and they ask me some questions and I'm like, okay, I'm not going to answer any of those because they're not relevant to what you need to know right now. You need to be asking yourself these questions. Go to the SBDC, go talk to someone at SCORE, find these resources of people who can actually give you the information. You're not looking at the right questions, you know? And I think a big part of it is knowing your market. You know, that is the
1: biggest part of it. And that's something that people don't focus on as much. When you say, oh, who do you want? Who do you want this to serve? Or who do you want to sell this to? Everybody. No, (laughs) it cannot be that wide. It cannot be everybody. And you don't (laughs) want to be everything to everybody because then you'll never. Eight billion people were headed towards like, you know. Yeah. So knowing your market is critical. I mean, and because it helps you at least start to launch a pathway forward. And that is definitely one thing I would tell people that no matter what, know that before you launch anything like
0: yeah no and just because it serves in another market it might not serve in your town right i used to own a business in Girard and in meadville and those are both small towns but very different small towns yeah and when i would advertise on the radio in one it didn't work at all in the other and then vice versa you know billboards yeah. were great here they were terrible there so even the and we're talking these these towns are 45 minutes apart yeah Yep. And I had totally different demographics, Of course, how the people thought, what they bought into, what they believed. Um, like so much of that is cultural, even within a small town era, even with even though we're a city, we do not have a major metropolitan vibe. Right. No, we don't. Erie is a tough market. We are some tough cookies.
1: (laughs) People used to say if you could make it here, you could literally make make it anywhere. Anywhere.
0: (laughs) Anywhere, Which I'd like to say, we are obviously some of the toughest motherfucker (laughs) entrepreneurs because we've made it here in more than one way. So obviously we're doing something Right. Um, and I feel like that that kind of empowers me uh, going into the other things that I want to accomplish as an entrepreneur, right? Yeah. And it's kind of a bolster. You know, as much as people might be down on our, our town, I'm like, it's a bolster when you get it right. It is. And you can actually serve the people that historically have been harder to serve or convinced to serve. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah.
1: And I think that's one of the major advantages of Erie is it's market size, too. You know, my husband came from D.C. He would have never been able to run for office. He would have never started a business there. Right. Like, there are opportunities here yes. that you can't find in major markets.
0: Yes. And people ask me, like, why Erie? And I'm like, well, because, you know, I tell everybody I'm from California. And they're like, why would you start a business here? I'm like, do you know how hard it is to start a business in California? Yeah. Like, it's a hugely saturated market. Yes. Yeah. There's a coffee shop every three doors down, you know, Erie has the ability to be affordable to start up. Um, There's a lot of opportunity right now for female entrepreneurs, minority entrepreneurs. Um, There's a lot of open real estate. Like there's so many benefits to being able to. So don't discount your town and don't think it it maybe has to be an online business. If you're looking at a brick and mortar um, and you have a small town, you can still be pretty successful. Yeah. Um, and if your goal is online, God bless you. But also... Find a niche. Yeah, don't think you're just going to market to the billions of the people around the world because they're all on the internet. It just it doesn't work like that. Right. You've got to hone in and find something very. You're solving a problem for like small bars. Right. You know. Right. Um, you so that's solve a problem. you've got to solve some kind of a problem for yeah. somebody. Yeah. And uh, like we're trying to focus on the first three years of business in this podcast, like you've got to find something that's missing from somewhere and be the solution for that, you know, and that's how you'll be successful within that market. Um, So I, I, speaking of empowerment, I get the benefit of being on a panel with Rebecca in just a few weeks. Uh, We're going to be July uh, 9th through 12th. We're going to be at the, uh, I don't want to get this, I don't want to get this wrong. So this is the Women's Marketplace Expo, and this is going to be July 9th starting at 6pm. We're on the empowerment panel at the Bayfront Convention Center in Erie. So if uh, you want to check that out online, you can find that on Facebook. Uh, You can get tickets for it. They are available right now. If you're in our area or in our surrounding area, you can come and check it out. We're going to be with some really accomplished women, other entrepreneurs. And I'm, I'm extremely excited about this. Just to be around so many other inspiring female entrepreneurs, yeah, I think it's something we don't do a lot with each other. I know we haven't connected, you know, I know there was a pandemic going on, but we haven't connected because we're always just working 18 hours a day, you know? So I think it's imperative that we do these things, find the time, make the time to actually go out. And now that things are opening up and conventions and stuff like that are opening up, Mm -hmm. make a point to surround yourself. And if you're just getting started into business, don't wait until you're in business to connect with these right. types of people and go see these things. Start feeding yourself now. Take that time. Kind of like research. Yeah. Research one-on-one with people. Have conversations with other women. With other business owners who are doing this. Right.
1: Have those, have those network. I mean, have the network. Even if they're not necessarily going to turn into your supporters, that network will still help you
0: serve as a resource as you're developing your business. Right. To grow and to, to learn from. And uh, you have to kind of put yourself out there. I know I did yeah. this. I'm like, hey, can I get your contact information? Here's my contact information in case I have any questions that you might be able to answer. I have never run into somebody who has said no. No, me either. Yeah, and I yeah,
1: and I've had a lot of no's in my life, but when (laughs) I just when asking for contact information, people are usually yeah.
0: When you're like, hey, if I ever have an issue that I want to bounce off of you, do you mind if I shoot you an email? I've never had anybody say no to me because we're the kind of people who are we don't have a ton of time, but we can obviously help answer a question or give you a quick direction. And if your question requires more information, we know resources. Right we you. Yes. I'm like, I can't yes. help you with that, but here's the resource yep. that exactly. you're going to want to use that I used, yep. you know? So I think that's uh, a wonderful uh, connection to have in any of, uh, of these events that you might go to. Um, just put yourself out there. Don't be afraid. And I know a lot of people are just scared to make that introduction. Yeah. Yeah, or you know what? I, people... Act like I'm way up here on some freaking platform that doesn't even exist. And I'm like, no, no, I'm, it's just me struggling day to day, like figuring my business out. Still, you were on TV. Okay. I am going to, I'm kind of a TV star. So maybe no, (laughs) (laughs) don't be afraid to go up to anybody. We are all just people, right? Just human beings. um, And we're entrepreneurs figuring it out. So yeah, that's, don't be afraid to talk to anybody. Because everyone will everyone <laughs> will say I've got time. So um, and if they don't, you want you don't want their time anyways. True. So, yeah, if they say no, first okay. off, what is it's better for you? <laughs> right. yeah, yeah, exactly. You learned early for a one. Yeah. No, there's a hundred yeses. Yes. So let that be an encouragement. And for uh, to the hundred no's
1: you might get in your career, that one yes will be change like your tenfold world. Tenfold. Yes. Like all those
0: no's were. Yes. Yes. On the converse side of yes, that, it's yes, so true. Yes. It's so true. I absolutely love that. Um, you've been very insightful. Oh, thank you. Thank I, you for having me. I appreciate you being here and for everything that you're doing for our city Likewise. and for Likewise. female empowerment Likewise. and entrepreneurship. So um, I look forward to both of our growth uh, within this town and individually as well, so it's been fun, kind of sharing our journeys yes. alongside each other. Yeah. So, um, sure, we'll have you back in the future if you don't mind. No, because we're going to want to know about all the stuff that's yeah, happening and it'll developing in a
1: trajectory. Upward. It's going
0: to, yeah. it's going to, it's not even a question. It's going to. Thanks. I know, Thanks. I know your tenacity. I've seen it. It's going to happen. So, all right. Until next time, everybody, I hope you have a wonderful, prosperous, and productive week. Peace out.